Professor. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Friends Talking Nerdy. This is Tim Jowsma, and with me I have the holiest of holies. I have the Reverend Tracy. How are you doing? I am doing pretty well. How about yourself, Tim? Doing good, doing good. Um, trying to survive um, this this uh, wacky, wacky week. Yeah, uh, did you do anything this week other than panic, watch the news? Um... I mean, there was a lot of that, uh, but I also, um, uh, uh, the professor and I actually took some of our PS4 games that we weren't playing and went to GameStop and traded them, so ended up getting the remastered version of L.A. Noir, and that, oh. that's, that's been pretty fun to play through, and um, from Telltale Games, we also got uh, a Game of Thrones uh, the season pack uh, from Telltale Games, and Telltale um, did a Walking Dead game, and essentially their games are really like choose-your-own-adventure like movies. Um, there is some interaction you have to do in, in terms of some actions on the screen, but it's not like a traditional video game in that sense. It's more just, you know, you choose the dialogue and stuff like that. But tried to get the professor into that one, and um, ultimately, um, you know, <laughs> there wasn't her cup of tea. It There's wasn't her, her cup of tea. There's my yeah. drink of water. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, been the fun that we've been having here. So, yeah, I've been solving uh, a murder case in Los Angeles in the 40s. So, you know, I'm a cop. You know, I get to pretend that I, I get to use that voice, you know. Your beat cap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What about you? What have you been doing this week? Oh, basically uh, continuing to survive, continuing to nerd out over my trifecta of, of productivity tools I've been using to keep the house clean, which has been really nice. Like, I thought about suggesting this, and we could totally do it sometime if you want, of, like, talking about things that are worth keeping after this pandemic is over, because, like, some of these habits I've got now have been pretty great. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's come from just, you know, the Panda Planner using Todoist, and I got, like, a new Pomodoro app, but... But, but, the thing that is actually worth talking about that people might give a shit about other than me getting stuff done is I had my first home movie release experience. Dun, 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 dun. All dun, right. Dun, dun. It's not renting from home, folks. It is a home movie release experience, and they need to make sure you understand the difference to justify spending $20 to rent a movie digitally. So, <laughs> so well, that's what us. I did. What is this um, movie? I'm, I'm oh, assuming yeah. it's the 20th anniversary re-release of Freddy Got Fingered. Right? Oh, totally. No, yeah, we <laughs> had the kids and decided, let's have a family movie night of the new release of Freddy Got Fingered. No, we... Uh, <laughs> I'm a farmer. I'm a farmer, Daddy. It, it was pretty funny because we had seen The Cruise recently, and I used to be really big on cartoon movies, and I still am. I'm kind of refinding my joy for them, but um, for a long time, it's pretty much like exclusively what I would watch were these kind of movies mm -hmm. and so it's kind of been cool to rediscover the the new generation of them so we watched the cruise new age because it was on netflix and then you know i'm watching like gi joe on i don't know something that shows commercials and one of the commercials brought it to our awareness that the crudes a new age was out and so what better time to justify overspending money to rent a movie than right after watching the first one and all of that rush of excitement of realizing wait there's more so right. <laughs> this is all really great timing for them that this just happened to come out like right after we watched it it's like but a no, good it was... impulse buy at the grocery store oh yes it was 
just as satisfying as a good impulse buy because I was like, hey guys, how about this idea? <laughs> you know, so uh, we decided, you know, pop some popcorn. We got some ice cream on sale. Like, please, that's what I do. I'd never buy anything fucking full price. Who can afford it right now? Pandemic times. <laughs> so we made like a whole night of it. It was really cool. Like, I don't know. I think I will always be a fan of the home release and home rental lifestyle. Um, I am a little bit opposite of you when it comes to the love for the movie theater. I haven't super missed it that much. Um, I've got hearing loss and there's something about like how their speakers work. And I looked this up, like there's other people that have hearing difficulties that have same complaints, but Mm -hmm. I feel the reverberation like of their speakers on my ears and it's physically uncomfortable most of the time in most movie theaters for me. Uh, my last straw was watching the Venom movie because it was just fucking asinine and then i think what was it annihilation the movie that was about cancer basically like it was i maybe you didn't see it but anywho there's this long screech and that was like i'm done i'm fucking done with movie theaters (laughs) so and i'm done so uh yeah it was it was nice and plus i i got the sound bite of belt i don't know if you've seen the first one um, no. Or any of them, but you know they've got their little soundbite of that that one character that everybody loves, and he's a, a sloth that he wears like around his waist, and so he named him Belt, right? And Belt's like one little soundbite awesome line is just going dun dun dun. And what was super <laughs> awesome was I discovered this movie like weeks ago. Set that is my alert tone, and so that has been the background noise of every breaking news alert. Of, like, all the capital shit is this adorable dun-dun-dun. <laughs> oh, man. Reminds me of uh, Zootopia. Um, I didn't care for that movie, but it's always funny when you have, like, either one scene or one character that, that just does something that just makes you die laughing. And it was oh, the, yeah. It was the trailer for Zootopia with that sloth at the DMV when he did that whole... yeah he went to go laugh and you just see his face come alive in like so slow motion because he's a fucking sloth like 20 uh, seconds that that got me there (laughs) yeah but new age was really good i i kind of dig and i think something that's worth saying and it takes me back to why i like these cartoon movies is there is always like a lesson in them right like there there's something trying to be taught usually we're just too fucking thick to ever get the message but uh you know kind of the difference the interesting you know dichotomy between the crudes and who they called the better men's and uh they had kind of this nasty attitude of being you know more evolved than the cave people and their ways were really awesome and neat and I related to a lot of that. And it was really funny because, you know, I'm kind of into the, you know, I read articles on psychology and I am very open about like diving into shadow work and trying to be like a good productive human and like doing productivity hacks and blah, blah. And I was like, ah, damn it. I'm probably like the betterments to some people. Like <laughs> Somebody <laughs> thinks I've got some shit attitude about this. That's totally not there. Like I, my way is not right for everybody. And that was the big problem with them was they're like, you know, we are evolved and we are better. And that's like, not my shtick at all, but it was just kind of nice to see, you know, they come together. Obviously, it's going to have a feel good. I don't think I'm spoiling anything here for anybody waiting, but, you know, they come together. And it's just kind of interesting how many movies show you the two extreme life paths and this idea that there can be a middle path 
that both can be happy. And that's kind of that joke of they keep trying to tell us this message, but we as humans just don't fucking get it. And that's why I love those stories. Um, it, it was kind of interesting that it took now watching Crude's A New Age for me to kind of get why I like uh, kind of the cartoon telling so much. Like, even Buzz Lightyear and Woody, right? They came too different, and there kind of became later a middle way that they all did stuff instead, like, by the end of it. So it's, I like it. Uh, it was a good one. It's definitely worth a watch if anybody out there is also into cartoons. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably not going to check that one out, but I, I love my fair share of, I mean, kids' movies. I mean, God damn it, I got a Superman tattoo of all things. So I like kids' stuff. I got no problem with it. But uh, um, it is, yeah, I mean, it is those lessons in, 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 in when, when it's done well in, in children's entertainment like that or entertainment geared at young people that we as adults tend to forget you know, and and it's it, I, I wish we did take the time to think about those those type of simple messages of working together uh, type of deal, because then we wouldn't have to deal with what we're dealing with now in the news. And what a great segue. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I just realized how perfectly this fits in because, you know, obviously, you know, humans out there listening to us, we sometimes talk like as we lead up to recording. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because this kind of fits into some other ideas that we were kind of talking about that have come up in the theme of, holy shit, what's going on in America? Take it away, we, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Um, week, week, however many of, of this horrendous four years in this country. Um, we got one more week to go. Um, but a lot has happened since we last recorded. And um, with... Uh, if anything, I, I think it's important to just kind of talk about it just to be able to have it for posterity, you know, because hopefully, you know, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, we can fire this up, listen to it and and think, whoo, thank goodness we got past that and we're able to, uh, you know, build and do something better. But just, wow. I mean, we, we've had a second impeachment. Yeah, first time in history. So he gets to be a first for something else. Yay. <laughs> he gets to be Donald Trump, the first and the worst. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Nixon. Nixon is if 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 uh, there is an afterlife, he's definitely quite happy at all this because people are just gonna say, "Woo, he's not that bad." I mean, they're saying that about George W. Bush right now. People are lo- looking back to the good old days of the early days of the Patriot yeah. Act. <laughs> you know? but um, you can see it was so much saying as nixon might be up in his little cloud going oh i was not that bad <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would have quit. i um, wasn't that bad i didn't get impeached twice oh that reminds me of a bill murray movie from 1982 called where the buffalo roam um, where bill murray played uh hunter s thompson uh the legendary rolling stone uh political writer and there's a scene where he meets up with Richard Nixon in the bathroom and um, Nixon at the end before he leaves because uh, Hunter was talking about, you know, people being doomed and whatnot. And then um, Nixon turns to Hunter as Thompson and goes, fuck, fuck the doomed. <laughs> you know? Fuck the doomed. Fuck the doomed. But, uh, yeah, we got a second impeachment that, you know, went through pretty fast. And um, I, I think yeah. the general public is very much in support of that um, it was bipartisan 
partisan too. So this is like, don't be mistaken. This is not like the first one where a lot of people's like, oh, well, it only because you know the Senate majority is Democrat. So they yeah. played the political game last time to excuse why this happened, and now we've got a second time, but it passed with more. Like there are more people that finally are in agreement across like in a weird way he's bringing the two sides together <laughs> i guess is what i'm saying it's a christmas miracle tim i but i wouldn't go that far though because no, the, no. The, um well i was watching a report the other day um or yesterday when the impeachment happened and there was a reporter commenting about liz cheney because liz cheney is the highest ranking republican member that came out in support of impeachment and the reporter uh, I, I don't know if was a reporter or, or or like a contributor or something like that but they brought up an interesting point who's Liz Cheney's dad former vice president Dick Cheney what did he do a few days ago along with all the other remaining uh, uh, living former uh, Department of Defense people? He came out with a letter urging the military not to take any unconstitutional actions and as a former vice president, he still gets daily security uh, briefings that people in Congress may not have access to. So what this person speculated on the news, and it makes a lot of sense, is that if you think about all of the investigations that are currently going on right now, I'm sure Liz Cheney was given a heads up as to just where this is going. And we're going to find out that a lot of people in her party were very much complicit. And, you know, I, I think her decision partly comes from political survival, but it's still the right decision to make. So she should definitely be commended for being brave because she's now having to deal with death threats. That's insane. Oh, yeah, that's that's the reality that got brought in when you kick the hornet's nest, you know. Uh, they get that. mad both directions, I'm just saying. like. Yeah, and there have been congressmen, too, that have come out and said that they've talked to their Republican colleagues, and the Republican colleagues in private are saying, we agree he should be impeached, but we're afraid for our lives. And that, you know... Wow, that that alone should ever disqualify. Should anybody who said that should be disqualified from ever holding public office again? Because your job is not to protect yourself. It's it's you need to do what's beneficial for the benefit of the entire country. Yeah, it literally is your job to serve the people. And I know that sounds like very. Uh, it's easy because we're not the man in the arena, right? Let's be real. These people took these jobs. They were never expected to be put in this position, but. At the same time, you're supposed to realize the gravity of it and where your duties lie. It's like that cop that's being praised, right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he, he lured them away. Because his job is not to protect the building. His job was to protect the congressman. He did his job, and that's why they're hailing him. So it's kind of that uh, you need to do your job. And now if you do feel that you're in danger, that's where totally – it shouldn't be a, well, fuck him. Leave them to themselves. No, give them protection. If they honestly feel that they're being threatened, by all means, protect our congressmen. I, whatever side they're on, I don't care. I would say the same thing for Ted Cruz, and I think he's a slimy fucker. He should not have to have any sort of threat to his physical well-being or his family's uh, physical well-being. You should take care of any sort of grievances you have with him at the ballot box. Exactly, because that's the point of this. That's what we were, that was, yeah, that's the point of doing it at the ballot box. We're supposed to not be doing shootouts. Yeah, and it's just, 
I mean, oh man, we there's a podcast of, and I've been doing a lot of this all week, just just thinking about this, and I'm not the only one. But there's a podcast I discovered uh, called Knowledge Fight, and what the hosts do is they um, essentially listen to info wars, so you don't have to, because <laughs> um, Alex Jones, uh, you know, who's like the head of that outfit is a unique character to put it mildly and um this the the episode that uh they talked about um were the the january 5th and january 6th editions of infowars that uh alex uh put out and it was shocking at just how complicit he was in terms of kind of you know uh, not kind of he definitely was stoking the fire um and you know that like he's not stupid uh, you know the verbal language he gave out stoked the fire but there's enough plausible deniability in just how he delivered his lines that he could say i never meant to you know cause them to do what they did but just it's it's it's, it's scary this is a, sc- a scary scary time well i think that's what you'll find is that they'll that's what i feel like is going to come out with any of the Trump stuff is I think they're going to try to spin it with enough plausible deniability. Like, Hey, saying it's going to be wild is not saying go make it wild. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, yeah, we should march over there does not say we should march over there, break in and, and storm the building. So I do think that unfortunately gives some ground for technicality on that side too. But we're yeah. talking. But but that would be an argument for a criminal court for impeachment. He can still suffer the consequences based on what he did. So, and I think that's the important thing here because it, while it's looking like you know Mitch McConnell in his last cowardly act is not going to bring the Senate back, um, you know, anytime soon. Um, at the very least, it is still important to go through with the trial in the Senate because it, you know he has to be convicted and if he is convicted he's never going to be able to hold office again and like i said last week you know if republicans can't be that stupid they they at least the ones in the senate they got to see the damage that he's done here and you know this is an out for them take that out and then we can talk about healing at that point when we make sure that we never have we put laws in place to make sure that this never happens again i mean because as it stands donald trump is ruined he's never coming back i mean more than likely he's probably going to go to a foreign, live in a foreign country as a guest or something like that, and then be used as a propaganda tool against the United States. I can imagine that happening because he's not going to go bankrupt. You know, he's, he's, yeah, but, oh, anyway. But yeah. So, I mean, that's nice that there's somebody out there that is willing to take one for the team and listen to Alex Jones. Cause I, I've listened to snippets of him. I can't with him. He, oh man, I know too much about gaslighting techniques and about like um oh yeah i I can't sit there and listen to somebody just be manipulative it's something i can't do and there's several reasons for not being able to do that fortunately for me it's not because i'm a like, like i'm not the person to like really like to follow a bunch of negative emotion but that's Mm -hmm. you know there's bonding in that and so that's probably how he does get a good following 
is he gets them all stirred up and upset and angry and uses his rhetoric and uses kind of like the same stuff where we've talked about with headlines that bugs me so much. Like, they make it sound way worse than it is. The only difference is he then gives himself to permission to lie and embellish on it rather than the other, like, you know, where I've been annoyed with, like, CNN and other of the major news things for their headlines. Once you go in there and read it, it's like, oh, well, that's just misleading then. He doesn't have to follow any of that shit. So takes his own liberties. I, I can't. So I do appreciate that somebody out there is for those of us who would like to yeah. know, like this network and what they're being told, because they're getting messages from a lot of places. The president's Twitter was one of them. And, and that's that's yeah. that's uh, good news there. His, <laughs> his social media uh, outlets um, have been permanently neutered. All of them. Uh, did you see even Parler got yanked from the Amazon store? Uh, Amazon, Apple, and Android. Yeah, all of them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all of them. Like, across all the board. It was Apple, like, really, that hurt them the most there. But, yeah, um, kind of interesting that he lost that. I saw, like, the most ridiculous meme or some, I don't know. Because I, I do have, I have a range of friends. So mm -hmm. I do have some who maybe didn't vote the same way I did. <laughs> and um, this one person shared this idea that, if Twitter can shut off the president because they feel like it, then businesses should be able to be open because they feel like it. I'm like, and I don't see that analogy actually working that way because personally, I see it that it backs it up, right? Because Twitter saw what Donald Trump was doing as being damaging and harmful, so they cut it off. And so it's the same thing in that government officials had to look and see what people were doing and make decisions based on that. And because of how people were doing, they had to cut off the businesses. Like, I'm not saying I agree with how it happened entirely. I want to throw that out there. But, um, like, to sit there and equate it to, like, I don't know, that meme to me was just such a stretch and it was so fucking stupid to read it. I was just like, wait a second, what did you just try to equate Twitter to? Like, <laughs> to businesses being open? I don't know. Don't you have a friend that cuts hair? Like, I always feel like I know one person in my circle that can cut hair. Like, I don't, I don't get the, um, I don't know. It seems very explainable yeah. to me that our normal will be disrupted until this is fixed. It is fucking fine. I'm more upset that our government didn't do more to help us out like other governments did. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was the freaking memes about Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, so sorry that I had to vent about that for a second. To me, that was just the most ridiculous parallel to try to make, and it felt so forced. I'm like, no. And then, of course, it led to a bunch of people telling me I was a snowflake asshole. So, no, that, that didn't actually really happen. I didn't follow it. Uh, I wasn't going to sit there and put myself up to that. As soon as I got the first reactions of being laughed at, I'm like, and I'm not following any more comments on this because I don't want to read what that person is about to type. <laughs> oh, man. Um I don't know. I mean, I, when it comes to the decision that they made, in this case, they did make the right decision. But I think people should also be very concerned of having a company having that much control over 
the over the public square essentially you know i mean social media in a lot of ways is becoming kind of like a utility because it is being used as a way to deliver news in a lot of ways and um you know there needs to be some transparency in terms of how they do it now one thing i find funny is that um that trump has been uh, harping about getting rid of like some rule i guess called section 230 that he thinks will somehow um hurt the tech industry more because the basic premise of the rule that he wants to get rid of would be that um the the rule as it stands gives uh, a protection to social media companies from being sued for people that use their services. So meaning I, you know, somebody could post, um, you know, I want to hurt somebody uh, on, on social media and the, the, you know, Twitter would not be held responsible by getting rid of this rule. Twitter would be held responsible which would make them a lot more likely to not have people like Trump, you know, stirring the flames. It's just, yeah, it's going to make them tighten down their terms of service. Like it would make them have to protect themselves more. The whole point of that was so the end user could have more freedom to do what they wanted with the account. Like that's really what it was. So if you're going to sit there and bitch about freedom, I don't think you can cancel that and still say that that's honestly what you're standing for. Yeah. And, he just and, wants to punish because that's what he does. That's what he does. And I, I love the conservative. I mean, the conservatives that are still supporting this guy are, you know, talking on national cable news outlets about the fact that they can't say what they want to say as they're saying it on national cable news outlets. And then you have imbecilic Senate uh, congressmen, you know, with face masks that say censored. As they're talking on national news and, and, you know, everything they're saying is being spread around the entire world and just, uh, you know, there needs, there definitely 100% needs to be a discussion about the amount of power that the social media giants have. You know, um, Facebook, Apple, Twitter, Google, these people should not have as much control. And, you know, th- the fact I mean, you've you've brought it up and it's it's it, because of everything going on. It's been in, in the news as well. Um, you know, these companies, it's not financially feasible for them to it, 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 it makes more financial sense for them to continue to stroke the fame, the flames, because negative stuff on social media gets the most reaction. Yes, it does. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, who's to say what can actually fix that? Because there's also a fair argument there. It's up to me to know the quality of what I am taking in. And that is applicable as far back as since we've been evolving. Okay. It's not your fault if I ate a poison berry and then my, my line stopped there. Like that, that's on me. I ate the poison berry. Right. So I think by pointing fingers, like, I, mm, it's such a weird topic because I don't honestly know how I feel about it, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I don't know if it's right or wrong to point the finger at social media and blame them when really this is an education level of almost like, why are people not understanding how to tell who's a good resource and who's not? Well, part of that problem is this, and it's it's really been frustrating this past week, and that's... Our major news outlets, the ones that we've trusted for the longest, like the New York Times, the Washington Post, mm-hmm. are stuck behind a damn paywall. 
Whereas you got your Breitbart, you got your Fox News, you got your other outlets that are spewing these lies that are yes. free to access here. I mean, now granted, those sites have ads on their page, but that you know that false information is being disseminated a lot more widely than the actual content out there. And I think there also needs to be a discussion about how places like the New York Times can continue to make money while still having their content uh, out there free because, I, you know, th they're not making bread. <laughs> you know, this news, yeah. this is news that matters. This is public. Inf this should be public information. And, and I, I, they should make their money, but there needs to be some sort of a balance to where the people can actually get good solid reporting and not a blog where somebody t talks about their opinion of an article they read and right. then they forget a point or two you know and i guess that's where it's like i've got the appreciation for i take in a lot of my news through npr the rest of it i like you know where i don't see the paywall thing i bbc news and they cover things pretty decently um, here in U.S. and Canada. And you can sign – like, that's where I get my breaking news is anytime they say it's breaking, I know it's like, uh, okay, I'll read it. Because, you know, I don't get alerts 20 times a day anymore. I might get one every other day, maybe twice a day if it's really hopping in the United States. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and but – I, I do agree with you. It is really frustrating when you're trying to read on something and there's the paywall. But that's it, though. And that's, again, where we get into the danger of marketing, right? Like when we make our knowledge dependent on marketing and money and who can get an income off of it, that is going to steer the direction in which how much somebody gives a shit that we're getting adequate, like, adequate knowledge. Because mm -hmm. um, they don't care. They want to get money. So that's where it's like, you know, I don't want to give money to somebody who's going to do the headline attention grabbing like there. I, I agree. I kind of wish we did have a little bit more of it, the free press um, to go along with the free press, like the freedom of the press. And and I, I mean, there are plenty of other websites that have like banner ads or something or like. Uh, there are some websites I go to, like you, cl like uh, Vanity Fair, for instance. You you click on there, and it will start out with an ad, and then you can click on the top, you know, skip ad, and then you go to the article. Exactly, uh, like clickbait and shit. Can't they just do the same thing where I just have to click next twenty times so all the things can load? Like, let me tell you. See, here we go. Middle path. There are <laughs> there's all the blogs and everything that's awful where you have to click to read one sentence at a time over a maybe interesting story. And then mm -hmm. there's the news where it cuts you off at one point. We just need to make a middle path between those two. Be real news and make me click through it because I will click through for real news if you guys get 10 cents per ad that loads on your page or whatever. Like I'm, I'm all about them getting money. I am not saying journalists should be an unpaid job. But there should be a way to get important news. Like, I don't care about fluff stories. Like, I could even see there being ways to, like, subscribe to parts of it. But I strongly believe that if it has anything to do with our politics, our economy, you know, how our world is functioning, how our nation is functioning, that's the information that be, should be freely able to be read by any citizen. Any. Yeah, and, and, and come on, the New York Times, say what you will about it. They are not perfect. There's going to be no media outlet that will have 100% perfection throughout their entire life history. But they've been around this long for a reason, and that's because their news is, pro you know, properly vetted. And, you know, they uh, – it yeah, just – that's one thing – 
I, that makes me concerned about the future going forward. And that's, you know, proper knowledge and fighting disinformation because, uh, you know, how do you fight disinformation when you have the bill of rights, where do you start drawing that line and like stuff like Fox news, you know, this past year, I mean, there's one, they're still peddling, um, you know, election conspiracies on their, you know, infotainment shows like the Tucker Carlson, the, their primetime shows, but look what they did the past year. Look at the other conservative outlets that did, you know, with dismissing COVID. And I mean, they are directly responsible in my opinion for deaths. They got blood on their hands because they wanted to placate their audience. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, again, it goes into what is the right way of dealing with it? Is it educating people at being better decision makers on how to educate themselves? So I'm not saying like, oh, my God, could you imagine if they tried to make like one news outlet, like a government sponsored news outlet? There's no fucking way that would fly. Like, uh, the same people would be just as skeptical of it. And I get it, because that's from one source. Right. But, um, you know, it goes back into, uh, I just, I, I wish we took more from back in the day when we used to have to write those papers, you know. Like, your teacher used to teach you how to tell what was good and bad. But then you've got these, all of these people that grew up in that awkward time of the Internet that didn't get, you know, don't use Wikipedia lessons, you know, and, and now Wikipedia is like way better than like some crap that you can find on the Internet. Like who would have thought that would be the glowing child nowadays, like compared to some of the places you can get information? Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, it, it, you know, when I uh, studied for my A plus certification in computer repair, the, the instructor said that when it comes to computer repair topics on Wikipedia, they're probably more up to date than, you know, in, in, you know, in terms of like textbooks that you may come across because you have a dedicated group of people that make sure it's it's properly updated. Now, should that be the first place you go and the only place you go? No, go to other places. It's meant as a starting point. Yeah. It's yeah, but, but you had mentioned kind of a side topic really quick, just because I know I've talked about this before and you talked about that whole the disinformation and like the fake news thing. Um, if anybody wants a refresher on the danger of this, I just want to bring up I talked about it once. It was called After Truth, the disinformation and the cost of fake news. Really tight little documentary um, is on HBO. I think it was also on Hulu for a bit then because I think they've got an agreement. It's either Hulu or Netflix that had it because that would have been where I saw it. So. Mm -hmm. Just on that topic, if you want to refresh yourself on how damaging this is, still really solid documentary that I will I will recommend constantly. Uh, just to kind of like, yeah, like it's cool. Like, be skeptical. Find like a good source and try to get your news from like the same spots instead of what people are sharing on social media. Like, I don't see the point in blaming social media for other people passing shit. I'm more about like punish the websites that are spreading the falsities and and trying to pretend to portray fact. Yeah, but I don't understand punishing social media. But that is just like the, the the core topic being him taking away that protection is just such an absolute dick tantrum child move. Like, okay, dude, whatever, bro. <laughs> like you yeah. do you. Well, only got a week left. But still, I mean, who knows what he has planned? And more than I, I can see him at the last minute. Uh, he's he's going to attempt to pardon himself. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's already talked about it. It will come out. He'll pardon him and his family, and there will be more more issues after that, and that's going to make the first six months of the Biden administration very interesting. Hopefully, oh, yeah. 
I mean, my hope here is that I hope that the Democratic leadership has finally woken up to the fact that the Republican Party cannot and will not play. They're not the adults in the room. Um, and my fear is that the Democrats are going to do what they always do and play a game of defense. They're going to play scared and they're going to do what they can to placate. And the Republicans will once again be able to control the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. As as the United States turns, like we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I yeah. think uh, I think the Trump years changed a lot of things and opened a lot of people's eyes to stuff. Um, I think it's going to be some interesting times. But yeah, I can't wait for him to no longer be in office. I don't even know. Can he pardon? Since he's already technically been, he's impeached and he's waiting trial. Um, I, my understanding is that he still has that power because, you know, he is still technically president until either the Senate kicks him out or January 20th, whatever comes first. Um, that's another thing I wanted to bring up too, about the Republican party. Some good news about, um, all of this is that they've had a number of big corporate donors say, we're not going to give you money anymore. Yeah, I heard they're they're losing their pocket linings. Yeah, you got um, people, of course, like Ted Cruz and Josh Howley um, getting hit the hardest. And, you know, for YouTube folks, they can see me playing the smallest violin in the world. <laughs> you know, and me, like, majorly sympathy. rolling my eyes. Like, just uh, Ted Cruz, that's another name that I just have not been pleased with. Like... He needs to go away in the dustbin of history, and hopefully, hopefully, I, I can see him of all people. He's the dumbest human being alive because he's made no friends in, in the Senate. Nobody likes him. Ever, I mean, because like nobody likes him. Cannot emphasize, folks. If you've ever looked into how little people like this guy, like yeah. do yourself a favor and go on Google and just like, yeah, people they do not like Ted Cruz, and they're like very George, open about it. Yeah, like George W. Bush called him a fucking asshole or something like that. But I can see him getting impeached and everybody, you know, voting to convict him, uh, you know, just out of pure fucking spite. And that will that will be a glorious day when that happens. But, um, yeah, the Republicans, the Republicans have had their money turned off. Now, what does that mean? Because um, it's like. Are these companies permanently cutting the funding off from these particular people in the hopes that new members of the Republican Party that don't follow that, um, you know, come along? Is it a temporary thing? Because I more than likely I can probably see a company thinking, let's cut them off for six months and then, you know, six months down the road, give them the money back, um, you know, when this is all blown over. But um, if this ends up being any sort of a concerted long term, you know, <laughs> cut off of their money, then the Republican Republican Party will be making a lot of changes rather quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they need money. I mean, that's that's a quick way to, you know, drain the swamp, so to speak, is actually just cut off the food. Yeah. Yep. But uh, now for the two years that the Democrats have some semblance of control, what do, what would you like to see them do? What do you think they need to do in order to make sure that the 2022 election doesn't go the Republicans' way again? Because one thing to keep in mind, under normal circumstances, most midterm elections, the opposite party ends up getting control of either the House, the Senate, or both. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because I could also see them just trying to do as much as they can with the two years. 
um, and get some stuff passed. Like I've seen some hijinks where I guess they're tr there was an attempt, but it sounds like it failed. I didn't read it, but there was an attempt made to try to block any of the student loan forgiveness efforts that Joe Biden might do. Um, I, scrolling, I scrolled past it, so I will admit I did not click on the article. I just saw it phrased a few different a few different ways on a few different headlines. That uh, it looked like I guess there was an attempt made, but it said attempt, so I'm assuming it failed. But uh, I'm hoping that gets done. That's something that's just so been talked about for such a long time. It's kind of ridiculous. It hasn't been done already. Right. Um, but I think they're going to have to be really careful on how much of those kinds of things they do. Um, they're going to have to pick their favorite pet projects and not push through too many while they've got the control. But at the same time, you've got people that I feel are a little bit more towards your side of it of like, hey, but that's still placating to their shit. No, we should be pushing through as much as we can. We should be, you know, doing like what they did with the Supreme Court and just always taking advantage because it's always strategy and always chess with them. And I can totally see that. I, I can't really claim which way will be right to make it go better in 2022 all i'm saying is get your asses out there and vote no matter how you feel how this went please vote please please what like every two years like not every four but every two and just get your voice out there because there's also other stuff too that's just not the stuff that leads up to the senates and the election but and hey you know what if you want to be able to ride the blue wave for longer definitely get out and vote because a lot of the reason that it turns over is people who win in presidential the presidential year are like oh we won obkb no, vote again. Two years later, vote again. Make sure the representatives you want stay and yeah. make sure if there's any openings for new ones, like you you pitch your vote in the direction that you want. Yeah, don't make – I mean I, I shouldn't say this because this is going to be – this is one of those situations to where you people have been seeing it for generations. Look what happened in 2010. You know, 2008 was a massive blue wave. 2010 came along, and that threw a huge wrench in the works. Just because everybody thought Obama's there, la la la. And and uh, you know, for me, I, I, I'm not as far as you think I am in terms of the Democrats must pass absolutely everything they can because you only got two years to do it. My thing is, I think what they need to focus on, uh, uh, one thing they need to focus on doing is the, the, John, the, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act needs to be passed. That, that I think needs to be priority number one and in place before 2022. From there, to your point, yeah, I think they do need to um, pick some some. They do need to have some priorities in terms of what they pick, and those priorities need to be what's going to get the the American public out of this mess. And that's yeah. you know direct payments uh, while we're still going through the con the, con the coronavirus thing. Um, yeah. It, it sounds like Biden is uh, coming up with a plan uh, for some heavy, heavy deficit spending, which I'm sure lots of Republicans are going to try their best to, you know, badmouth and, and, you know, there will be deficit hawks again. But, you know, the last time this country was in this deep of a hole, a president by the name of Franklin Delano Roosevelt came along and had to dig us out of, out of that mess that we were in. And the way he did it was deficit spending. Should there be checks and balances? to make sure you're not throwing money away of course of course oh, yeah. but 
you know, we're, we're in a deep, deep hole. Over 300,000 people or more, um, if, if the numbers were honestly, you know, counted, um, are already dead because of this. And we're months away from, you know, the, having a majority of the population inoculated with this vaccine. We need help. And the best thing that the Democrats can do is to do whatever it can to get us back into some semblance of normality. If we can do that, if we can keep the, the House and Senate in 2022, yeah. then we should be fine. And that's also going to be dependent on law enforcement because it's also turning out that a lot of people that were involved in the insurrection were law enforcement members from around the country. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's already been... I've you know, I, it was a report that um, I've been, you know, reading for uh, read about, read about for years. But the FBI about a decade ago um, alerted the public to the fact that white supremacists were infiltrating law enforcement, and nothing was really done about it. Now the chickens have come home to roost, you know. And how, do, you know, because one thing we didn't mention last week, and I, the reason I didn't bring it up was I, I felt a lot of people were already bringing it up, so it was pointless to do. But we got to talk about the racial disparity in all this, because one thing co the Republicans in Congress did during the impeachment fight, you know, I, I noted on Twitter that their basic argument was that Trump should not be held accountable for his actions because black people exist. You know, all the Republicans. Okay, I thought that was a that. weird misquote. But what? What was that about? Like every single Republican that voted against uh, impeachment said that you know Democrats sat on their hands this past summer when Black Lives Matter, um, you know, had 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 their protests throughout the year. When one, all the Republicans are doing are, are is just a classic "what about isms," which which doesn't you know, answer any sort of a question. And two, if anybody honestly looked at the actions of what the Black Lives Matter protesters did compared to what these um, the, the, the insurrectionists did in Washington, it is two different things. It is night and day. I mean, you know, that's not to say that, I mean, we both saw what the protesters have done here in Portland. Have there been some bad apples that have done some graffiti and broken some windows? Sure, arrest them for the misdemeanors they are committing, but they are not trying to to storm City Hall to um, dethrone Ted Wheeler to become whatever they want to call themselves, you know? It's, yeah, it's... I mean, there a lot of this started, you have to keep in mind, a lot of the Portland stuff started with peaceful protests, people doing what they were supposed to be doing and being met with aggression. Meanwhile, I don't know, I and I guess I'll go into it a little bit more tonight because I want to talk about the 24 Hours Later um, Assault on the Capitol special that was up. But uh, it seemed pretty aggressive from the go. Like, there was never a, we're just standing here. Like, the intention seemed very much from the beginning to break in and get in there. At the um, Capitol? Yeah, at the Capitol. Like, oh, yeah, this, yeah. this wasn't like a, they had a peaceful thing and they were all going to lay out on the lawn and lay there and shit. And then, like, somebody came and threw a canister of gas at them, and then that's what got them upset, which led them into storming the Capitol. That would be a different story and a little bit more, like, from what I understand happened here in Portland at some of those protests that got really violent. Mm. Okay. Now, and then it also goes back to the whole St. John's Church thing with how they dealt with those peaceful protesters. Same thing, same movement. That was all Black Lives Matter people, and he had them shoot away in a very aggressive way. So where was that aggression to get them out this time? 
why was that not there? And I think that's a lot of what people are kind of really upset about from what I've read about, like, you know, if these were Black Lives Matter people, how would it have been handled? And the 24 hours later thing actually goes into that a little bit too. Cause they have, you know, one of the girls that, you know, she's like this little bitty thing. And she goes, 120 pound me should not have five officers knees on my back. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. like that kind of duality, it's like, uh, you know, how much they stock up and get like basically the national guard on standby whenever they ask for a permit for anything. But these guys straight have been talking about this since it seems December of this being a, a, a protest that was going to happen um, in a demographic that does believe in the right to bear arms and tends to do such in these situations. That's where it gets hyper aggressive and dangerous really fast. Not saying it's bad. I did not say it's bad to carry arms or want to. I am just saying they are already carrying them. And then whenever you get mad and you have that on you, that is then a temptation to use it. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up the gun thing, too. Um, you know, as, as someone who grew up in a conservative part of Michigan, I've seen plenty of responsible gun owners. Those people are not the problem in this country. No, they, they are not. They, yeah, they keep their they keep their weapons properly stored. They keep it away, for, you know, from people that shouldn't have them, and you know, use them only in appropriate, uh, you know, at times in terms of hunting or, you know, sadly, you know, protection. But uh, you know, we're living in some really really unique times, and you know, the good thing about this country is the fact that we do have the ability to sit back and talk about this. Think, of, uh, you know, like if this happened in Iran. Uh, you know, I don't think we'd be able to have any sort of public thing that we put out there bad-mouthing the government like we do. So despite the problems oh, that yeah. we have, you know, I mean, we are it, it, better off in a lot of ways. But th what this has shown me, what it needs to show a lot more people than what it already has, is that this this whole idea of democracy is very fragile. And it goes away if people decide they don't want it anymore. And we got... We got to figure out: Do we want it? Are there enough people in this country that that really want to keep things going the way they are? And that's going to be the big question, you know. Um, you know, as far as us in Oregon, I think we're going to be fine no matter what. I don't think, you know, we if another civil war were occurred to anything like that, I don't think Portland would have to worry about being on the front lines or anything. But just. Right. I don't want to see things get that bad. I don't want to. I don't want to suspect that a guy that has a, a sticker of a political party on his car at the grocery store could go nuts or something like that. I don't want to have that feeling. And uh, you know, I, one thing I, I think we should focus on is is do what we can to kind of bridge those divides. You know, if we can, and and that from the top down, and and I, I think everybody should take that time to do what they can to bridge that divide in, in some way, shape, or form. I mean, we were talking before uh, we were we recorded about you know how one thing the Democrats sh should do is do a lot more than what they're already doing in terms of outreach to rural communities. I mean, as we've seen in Georgia, people can be receptive. If you speak their language, and I think that's what Stacey yes. Abrams should really be commended for. She was able to give that outreach to communities that wouldn't have in the past necessarily have listened to her. 
Yeah, I think like what I've seen, though, and it goes back into, you know, that same topic of talking about hillbilly, right? Because part of what I had expressed is I don't want us to keep making the same mistakes, you know, that got us here in the first place. Don't see a bunch of tantruming people. Like, I I really don't even think that most of the, the Trumpanzees, the I'll believe it when he says it, I don't think they're saying that he's the only human they believe tell the truth. I think they're saying that they feel that strongly that Team Red is the only one that's going to continue to fix their problems, that they're not going to stop fighting until he says that he's stopped fighting. And that makes it really bring it down a level when you think of it that way. Like, meanwhile, you know, people are like, these people are insane. No, I think they're just really not dealing with it well. And that's fine. Like, they're allowed to not deal with it well. So don't treat them like garbage. Don't call them deplorables. Don't make those mistakes of looking at them as lesser than. Instead, we need to work on reaching out. Stop being offended when you hear something that is different than your way of thinking about it just because it's different. Like, have a discussion. Find a way to move forward. It goes back to that middle path talk. Like, we can totally have reasonable gun reform. We can totally have reasonable immigration reform. We can totally have reasonable police reform. Like, there doesn't need to be a, either we have the hoorah police or we have no police. Like, it doesn't have to be that extreme. We can come yeah. in the middle. And that makes no places. sense, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we can identify places um, in a place of honesty of where we can do better. And I wish we could see things that way instead of that that reaction of defense, which is in our culture, even socially, of, you know, somebody can't do something in a different way and other people not seem to take it as some slight that they don't do it that way or like a, a weird stink of how dare you for not doing it this way. When really that shouldn't be it. That shouldn't be the attitude. That shouldn't be what you welcome with because somebody has a different way of dealing with somebody, something and and the, the part of that is human nature too, because I, I I know myself I do find like if I'm in a spot where I have to teach somebody to do something, I'm gonna teach them in the way that works for me, and then right. and then me I also do tend to get a little extra annoyed if somebody doesn't follow it the same way I do. But the important thing I have to do in a situation like that is take a second to take a deep breath and recognize that if the end result still ends up being the same, it does not matter if they're it's done in two different ways. We're not talking about surgery here. <laughs> you, know, you don't uh, have innovation without somebody taking one person's process and improving it for themselves because everybody learns differently. If you look at how like teaching math has evolved over the years, like, yeah, I've got my beef with core curriculum, but I kind of understand some of what they're doing is they're trying to understand that kids learn things differently but the problem is is they're making all the kids learn all the different ways of learning something and hoping one sticks um, uh, but uh, but that concept though is very true so it's not a slight against you tim if you show me tracy how to do something and i don't know maybe my hands are smaller so instead of being able to do something as a one-hand process i do it this way because it works faster for me to do it. you know what i mean yeah. it, and that makes it so much more clear not bad, just different. Sometimes it can work better, and sometimes it works better for other people, and then sometimes the other way works better for other people. See what I'm getting at here? Like, if that's how innovation works. 
that's how we evolve. I I want us to apply innovation to our politics so fucking bad. And we have to stop the muck slinging personally. If we want to improve our political climate, we have to stop that. Because I think a lot of the reasons we have the heel dig attitude of, I mean, again, go back, like watch like Hillary or watch Hillbilly, like the heel dig to anything she had to say may probably have been a large part because of who they listened to primarily already says, don't trust a word she says. Yeah. I mean, Hillary wasn't the best choice because of that. I mean, growing up in Michigan during, uh, uh, during the Clinton administration, I saw how conservatives reacted to Hillary and Hillary was a dog whistle to conservatives. You know, they were not going to vote for her no matter what. Um, but to your point, I agree. I agree. I think more people should take the focus of what is the right choice, not what is my team saying is the right choice. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's uh, like, I wish we had more rules around like taking the muck slinging part of it out. Like yeah. you can be critical of your enemies and not like actually lie like, and leave it up to people to go and fact check you later. Like, I just, I just wish it would stop. Just talk about your own shit and what you want to do and let people decide who they want to go for. And one thing Democrats need to do, especially, is stop with the damn purity test. Oh, my God. I mean, Portland lost out on the chance of having a great mayor in Sarah Inero because there was, what's her name, Teresa Rayford or something like that. There was another Democratic candidate that was a write-in candidate, and there was enough people that wrote her in that allowed Ted Wheeler to get another term as mayor, uh, which just all because of a damn purity test. You know, nobody is going to agree with me 100% on anything. Yeah. Don't expect that out of your politicians. You want them to... Uh, don't Look for sure. honesty. Exactly. Look for ability to reach across the table and, like, come to agreements. And, and basically look for moderators. That's what I try to find. Like, I almost wish we had, like, moderators for our fucking politicians. Because it's almost like they're going through a nasty divorce. And they only have to talk because of the kids. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, I think that uh, is going to wrap us up for this week. Unless you had any other thoughts. No, because you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't need to go over the entirety of it. There's a really awesome special. It's called 24 Hours, The Assault on the Capitol. It's the ABC special. I saw it on Hulu. It is amazing. And I, I've talked about this before. I think it was actually like the the one I was talking about where it went through the coronavirus like very quickly. I forget the name of it right now. But mm-hmm. I love how quick it is that we can turn around and have somebody put together something succinct and something where they try to be as factual as they can be. And you can see like a timeline condensed and go, whoa, this like just happened last week. So I highly recommend it's super interesting to see the footage of inside Congress when all that shit was going down at the Capitol. Like, oh, my God, the body language before shit went down and after shit went down. And Lindsey Graham actually saying enough is enough. Count me out. Like, oh, oh, now it got real for you. Okay, now now you're done. Like, just, I wonder how that would have gone. Like, that was a weird question. Like, my one question after I watched 24 Hours Later was, I wonder how it would have gone if that hadn't have happened. Because they were prepared for a very full night, of, day and night of being there, right? Yeah. But because of how many people were shaken up, like, they came back and people that, you know, we had every reason to believe they were going to contest votes, uh-uh. 
they nope nope this got too real i'm not gonna not gonna contest it anymore let's just get this done and go home yeah uh, yeah yeah hope i mean next week we are we're more than likely going to be touching upon this again because uh next oh, yeah. week as we record this is going to be inauguration and from the sounds of it they're expecting they're expecting a disturbance to put it mildly yes <laughs> actually sort. yeah since we are out like guys it wouldn't be the worst idea like maybe just stay home i know most of us are probably staying home as it is because of the pandemic so our demographic should be kind of fine um but yeah especially with everything going on uh inauguration day <laughs> just might want to stay <laughs> home um just catch it on the news and then just know that we're gonna record the next day and tell you about any of the crazy shit that went down that we will so thank you once again for listening um remember to subscribe download tell your friends share it if there's something you like about it we want to hear about it you know and if, if you if you have something interesting to say we might even put you on the show we can make you podcast famous damn it and you know what if podcasts of being on is just not your jive you can also let us know like hey have you guys thought about nerding out about insert topic or have you thought about a nerdy five on insert topic so we're very open we'll cover what you want or if you want to come on we're kind of down to have guests yeah any i mean we've had a lot of people we've had professors we've had porn directors we've had a lot of people on this show <laughs> i am working on a guest up soon to talk about some things so we've got at least somebody coming up but we do like to have friends on all joking aside Oh yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty of of this show—the fact that you can get a bunch of different people together talking about stuff. I mean, like when Shelby was on, it was great talking about K-pop, even though I don't like that music, you know. Exactly, but it was still fun. And then talking about some of the difference between like American TV and like the yeah the the warm up. It's it's funny because I still think about her comments on that anytime I watch a new show, and I'm like, yep, this is me having to get to know these people and. (laughs) their shit for the first season and whatever they're going to be by the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that reminds me too. I didn't bring it up last week. I will bring it up this week. Um, One, uh, one thing I wanted to do this year for the podcast was focus more time on our Patreon. And one thing we've done with our Patreon is start putting up some exclusive shows. Now these shows will eventually make their way to the regular podcast feed, but if you want to support the show, you know, even if it's just something as little as a dollar a month, go to Patreon. Uh, you can find it in our show link. You can uh, just tap the button and it'll take you right there and you'll be able to help support us financially. And you'll also be able to hear some exclusive content. Last week we started, um, we took the reviews that we've done on the show in the past and we put them on Patreon and we started a discussion on Big Mouth season four. Yes, and then we get to talk about season or episode two this time. So I'm excited about getting into that one for those of you guys that know what that show's about. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, um, like I said, the, that those shows are going to be on Patreon. Visit our Patreon, and if you can, we would love you if, love it if you'd support us because uh, you know the more support we have, the more we can do on the show, and it would be awesome if one day this show was able to pay some bills. You know. <laughs> But anyway, with that, another week is in the books. Thank you all for listening to Friends Talking Nerdy. This is Tim Jowsma. We got the Reverend Tracy. We will see you all next week.
Bye. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.